You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard. It is episode number 189 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We told you on episode number 188, we'd be back as soon as there was breaking news, as soon as there was big news, or on Tuesday with a defensive free agency preview. And guess what? We don't have to wait, and we don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on a certain position on the defensive side of the football, and that is safety because the Washington Redskins have agreed to contract terms with New York Giants safety and free agent and the apple of everyone's eye in Redskins land, Landon Collins, a six-year, $84 million reported contract. Six years, $84 million is the initial terms with $45 million guaranteed. Now, That's a lot of money to spend on Landon Collins, who's not great in coverage. He's good at times in certain situations in coverage, but certainly it is not his strength. Let's just put it that way. His strength is going to be in the box, tackling, leadership, character, getting after uh, running backs downhill, getting after the quarterback off the edge, maybe an interior blitz, that type of thing. And certainly on crossing routes underneath and picks and rubs, that's what Landon Collins is really, really good at. Is Landon Collins a deep center field free safety? No, he's not Earl Thomas, uh, and he never will be, and he shouldn't be asked to be. If the Redskins are smart, and that is debatable at times, if the Redskins are smart, they will not ask him to be that. They will not ask him to do that. We don't know how Ray Horton is going to really deploy his defense, but we do know this that the Redskins uh, tend to play some uh, a bunch of their two-deep safeties, um, and they like to drop, again, that safety, one of the safeties, into the box from time to time. They ask the interior linebackers to kind of drop and take line and take tight ends and take receivers up the seam, up the middle of the football field. Landon Collins should be used, again, more effectively than your true, again, free Cover three, single high center field safety who's asked to roam from sideline to sideline. That is not his strength. When you get past the initial numbers as we go through this, is it a lot of money? Absolutely. $14 million per year on average. But don't forget, he's very unlikely to see that kind of full payday in terms of six years. And if he is here for six years, that means Landon Collins is pretty good, right? That means Landon Collins has done his job um, or that the Redskins are just, I don't know. uh, I I don't even know how to basically describe what I'm trying to get at. But the point of the matter is, is if Landon Collins is here for six years and he sees every bit of that 84 million, then it was worth the time. It was worth the money. If Landon Collins gives you three really good years, then you probably look at it as, okay, we're going to have to eat some dead money. We're going to have to move on. We're going to have to solve this problem again. But if he's here for three years and he provides pretty good, if not very good football, then he's probably ultimately going to be worth the 45-ish million. And again, we haven't seen the complete layout and the complete structure of the deal and exactly the terms 
Uh, and I don't know when we'll get our hands on that, but it'll take some time. Usually it gets put out there on OverTheCap.com or SpotTrack. Uh, one of the NFL insiders will put it out, uh, and they'll talk about how, again, it is front-loaded and how it's structured, and you'll see the off-ramps that the Redskins have potentially to get out of it. But if he's here for that amount of time, then, again, it was a worthwhile investment. And then some, and again, even if he's only here for three or four years, then it's likely that the Redskins – probably got the better of that deal, and certainly Landon Collins uh, would have as well. Here's uh, what I like about this move. Uh, It's been heavily rumored, as we know, Redskins fans have wanted Landon Collins to come here. Not that that matters that much, but it certainly appeases uh, a large part of the fan base. If they would have gone out and signed a Tayshawn Gibson, who I advocated for them to sign, or an Adrian Amos or somebody like that, Redskins fans would have said, oh, okay, all right, that's nice. We got to learn about these players. Uh, hopefully they can help us, but we know nothing about They know about Landon Collins. They know Landon Collins idolized Sean Taylor. The late, great Sean Taylor. They know that Landon Collins said, hey, when he was coming out of the draft, out of, yeah, you guessed it, the University of Alabama, we'll get to that in a sec, that Sean Taylor said, uh, that that Landon Collins said he wanted to play for the Washington Redskins, again, because of his affinity for Sean Taylor. I believe he also grew up a Clinton Portis fan, so that's part of the, and you can see here, That Landon Collins, yes, he is getting paid. There is no doubt about that. And that helps. And that helps shape your decision. But he had no hesitation at all to join the Washington Redskins, again, agreeing to a deal on Monday afternoon during the legal tampering period, about three hours into that legal tampering period from the time that it started to the time that it leaked. And, of course, I'm sure they were working on this deal and discussing some parameters in terms of illegally beforehand, but that's just what NFL teams and NFL agents uh, do. Landon Collins wanted to be here. Again, he grew up a fan of the team. He grew up idolizing Sean Taylor. He's played against them twice in the division for the first four years of his career. He has a massive chip on his shoulder, I'm sure, to prove the New York Giants and more specifically Dave Gettleman, their general manager, wrong. And now you have to kind of wonder whether Dave Gettleman was right or whether the Redskins are right. And quite honestly, the track record would say and suggest that Dave Gettleman is probably going to be more right than the Redskins, but certainly the jury is more, more than out. And here's why I say that. If you look at Gettleman, he was also the Carolina Panther general manager when they let Josh Norman go. They initially franchise tagged Josh Norman. Then they rescinded the franchise tag a couple of weeks into free agency, When Josh Norman basically was threatening not to sign the franchise, and he did not sign the tender, maybe hold out, certainly they knew they were far, far, far away from contract terms for the former fifth-round pick out of Coastal Carolina. So Dave Gettleman looked and said, well, look, I value pass rush more than I value corners, more than I value safeties. As a matter of fact, I take you back to when Dave Gettleman was an assistant general manager with the Giants before he got the Carolina job. Part of the thing, and in Carolina, part of the reason why they had success, part of the reason why they made it to the Super Bowl, and part of the reason why the Giants won their last Super Bowl, back when, again, when he was the assistant GM, was because they valued pass rush. They heavily, heavily built up their pass rush, and everything on the back end was kind of thrown together, and you kind of get by with some nickel and dime guys, some nine to five guys, some ham and egg type guys, but no studs. That's not Dave Gettleman's modus operandi, quite honestly. 
Dave Gettleman invests in pass rush, and that's what it appears. It appears, even though they've traded Olivier Vernon and they've traded and they let Jason Pierre Paul go to Tampa Bay over last offseason, it appears that he, based on his track record, does not value the defensive back position, whether it be corner or safety, or at least specifically in Josh Norman and now Landon Collins. And he does value, again, defensive line, edge pass rush help, lineback help. That's what his track record would suggest, both in Carolina and with the New York Giants. So we'll see who's right ultimately about that. So those are some opening comments, episode number 189 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I want to move through a bunch of different things here. So when we come back, we're going to hear from a ESPN uh, analyst and really good NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky, who joined me uh, and my colleague Craig Hoffman on 106.7 The Fan on Monday afternoon, right as the news broke. He's got some thoughts on Landon Collins as well. We're going to discuss a report earlier on Monday before the Landon Collins news officially broke that the Redskins were targeting an inside linebacker to add to the fold. We're going to come back, talk about both of those situations next right here. This is episode number 189 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading. Remember, when you get into your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Play podcast Locked on Redskins when you get into your car or your smart speaker device. As well, make sure you follow on Twitter at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, for all sorts of Redskins news, notes, content, uh, and analysis, as well at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of our NFL team coverage from all across the National Football League, all 32 teams covered by all of our local experts and podcast hosts, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. This is the Lockdown Redskins podcast. It is episode number 189. I am your host, Chris Russell, so let's get to it right here and right now. Again, Landon Collins, a reported six-year, $84 million contract to join the Washington Redskins. bunch of other NFL news and notes that we'll get to on the back end. Uh, on Monday afternoon, just as the news broke, as a matter of fact, that we were conducting the interview, my colleague Craig Hoffman, who covers the Redskins for 106.7 The Fan, uh, does a great job, uh, and I were covering, uh, you know, we were talking to Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, uh, as the news kind of came across the wire, so we were immediately able to get his reaction on Landon Collins, what he liked, what he didn't like, and here's a clip of that conversation again via 1067 The Fan, thefandc.com. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN on Landon Collins, the newest Redskin safety. Yeah, he struggles. That's the honest truth is that is not the strength of his game. And so now the important thing is – as and, this is sometimes fans will be like, man, we pay this guy so much money. That's not fair. You're, you're paying him certainly because he's a very good football player, but now it's on the coaches to make sure, all right, this is what great coaching is. This guy's really good at this. We're going to make sure he only majors in that, and we're not going to expose him to the weak things. We're not going to ask him to do all that stuff. We're not going to put him in those mismatched situations where he does, he's not at his great strength. And so that is something that they have to figure out as a defensive staff when we do call man, where, where is Landon going to go to make sure that we don't not only hurt him as a player, but hurt, hurt, hurt our defense? Because it's not something he does well right now. All right, so that's Dan Orlovsky, again, ESPN NFL analyst. Does a great job. We appreciate him joining us on 106.7 The Fan and, again, thefandc.com. You can hear that entire interview in podcast form uh, by going, again, to thefandc.com. Go to the Chad Dukes versus the World section, uh, and you can pull it up. 
uh, there. Again, Craig Hoffman and I conducting that interview live as it happened and as it unfolded with Landon Collins agreeing to a six-year, $84 million deal with the Washington Redskins. So you heard Dan Orlovsky's comments. Again, nobody's saying that he knows everything, or but this is some of the same concerns that absolutely I have, only he said it better schematically and better X and O-wise. Can Landon Collins travel with a tight end up the seam consistently and take on the best tight ends in the NFL, the Zach Ertz's uh, of the world? Can he even hang on Jason Witten, who's coming back from the broadcast booth? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know. Is Again, is he a deep center field safety a la Earl Thomas? No, he's not. But can he cover half the field? I'd like to think so. Absolutely. Can he roam from the hash to the sideline and knock somebody out or knock a ball loose? Absolutely. Is he better in the box area, that 10 to 12-yard area from the line of scrimmage? Absolutely. Is he going to be an invaluable resource as teams go to more picks and rubs and uh, little, um, again, crossers and do all the different things that teams like to do, the jet sweeps? Is he going to be um, – very effective in those. I, I believe he is. He's a very good tackler, Landon Collins. Um, so hopefully the Redskins get the best of Landon Collins. Now, moving on to another situation that was reported, uh, and this was reported by Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, and we first saw this about 1.30 in the afternoon Eastern time on Monday, uh, and then I, again, talked about it on my radio show with Craig Hoffman uh, on 106.7 The Fan until we found out about the Landon Collins move, which was that Baltimore Ravens inside linebacker C.J. Mosley was a target, and the Redskins were seriously interested. Now, there was... A lot of speculation about price and the price tag. And some suggest, I believe Pelissero actually suggested this as well, that the price tag could be north of $15 million or around $15 million per year. And Quan Alexander signed a four-year, I think $64 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers also around the same time, which kind of set the inside linebacker market for, uh, you know, for, again, inside linebackers, uh, four years, $64 million was the uh, was the price tag on Quan Alexander as it was reported uh, by multiple different outlets. I'm sorry, four years, $54 million, $54 million. I knew I was getting something wrong on there. Four years, $54 million, according to Ian Rappaport uh, and others. Now, four years, $54 million is obviously, again, an average of about $14 million uh, per year uh, on that, a little less than $14 million per year. So you know what the price tag approximately is going to be on C.J. Mosley. Clearly, the 49ers wanted Quan Alexander from Tampa over C.J. Mosley for whatever reasons they have. The Redskins were supposedly interested in C.J. Mosley, the free agent linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens. Here's my problem. Again, they asked their inside linebackers to cover a lot. C.J. Mosley's not great at that. Not great at that, Um, to be honest with you. And to me, if I'm going to pay a guy $14, $15 million, it better be at a need position, which – in my opinion, inside linebacker is is certainly a need position, but it's not a dire, desperate need like safety was for the Washington Redskins, quite honestly. Uh, and if you look at it from this standpoint, that um, 
you know, if if you have him getting 15 or 16 million dollars, again, he better be a great three-down linebacker, right? He's not an edge pass rusher. He's not a defensive back and a passing. He's an inside linebacker, more of a thumper, more of a down-the-hill thumper. I can justify, again, whatever money they ultimately wind up paying to Landon Collins by saying, A, it's an absolute desperate, dire need. B, you know what kind of character, leadership, all that stuff. C, Landon Collins is fairly good, fairly good in certain ways in coverage. I don't think C.J. Mosley is great in coverage at all. I'm not saying he's terrible, but it seems like experts and analysts would agree with that. I know ProFootballFocus.com and their premium subscription package didn't grade him out very well. And then there's this. Andy Benoit of Monday Morning Quarterback on SI said, quote, there have been mixed reviews from coaches about C.J. Mosley's efficiency in deep zone coverage, the Tampa 2. He'd play a lot of that with the Redskins, is what Andy Benoit said of, again, the MMQB. Well, again, if I'm signing a guy to a $15 million deal, no thanks. So clearly the Redskins at least seem were, were interested, as they should have been, exploring the market, as they should have been. But I don't think at this point, now that they've agreed to a term with Landon Collins for, again, an a reported average of $14 million per year. I don't see any way they can bring C.J. Mosley in for the type of money that he's going to be looking for unless the market on him completely and dramatically lowers and or changes. And I don't think, oh, by the way, it would have been a smart move to spend that kind of money again even before the Landon Collins. And I said that. The one thing that I would say is, in addition to this, Zach Brown, Mason Foster, and Stacey McGee have all reportedly been shopped Uh, Others confirmed that. Again, my colleagues, Grant Paulson, uh, Craig Hoffman, they all confirmed all that. The Redskins kind of looking to try and make a deal before eventually and perhaps cutting these guys. And maybe by the time you listen to this, those guys, one of them, two of them, three of them would be gone. I would probably say Zach Brown and Stacey McGee are going to be first ahead of Mason Foster, but I could be wrong uh, on that. Maybe it's all three. Doesn't look like at this point. They're going to move on from Josh Norman just yet, maybe not at all, because of how young and inexperienced they are in the secondary, especially at the cornerback position. So the Redskins have a lot of work to do, but I I feel pretty good about this. I don't think, and I, I didn't think it was the right move, again, before they inked Landon Collins, and now that they've inked Landon Collins, I just don't see in any way, shape, or form how they're in the C.J. Mosley business. I could be totally wrong on this, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to me. All right. Here's another thing that I wanted to get to real quickly again on um, when it comes to Landon Collins. According to SpotTrack.com, which does a calculated market value, which is a tool that they have, which is pretty cool, uh, and it just gives you an idea. Again, this is pre-free agency. Again, the Redskins gave him a six-year, $84 million contract with, again, $45 million guaranteed, but they're not 100% true guarantees, right? So we'll see, again, the structure. SpotTrack puts in all sorts of formulas and numbers and compares it to age and linear uh, performance and comparable contracts and so on and so forth at the position. And what they came up with at SpotTrack.com for Landon Collins was a calculated market value of five years and $43.3 million in terms of uh, in terms of a salary. Now, they didn't have the guaranteed money because, again, there are guarantees, there's full guarantees, uh, all that. Uh, but their average salary, again, 
spit, spit out to be $8.66 million. Again, I just told you, Landon Collins, on paper, six years, $84 million, with an average salary of $14 million. Now, some comparables uh, that Track used to kind of come up with this number was Harrison Smith signed a five-year deal uh, for $51.2 million and an average salary of $10.25 million at the age of 27. Earl Thomas, who is a free agent now at the age of 24, signed a four-year $40 million deal with an average salary of $10 million. Uh, and so they use, again, all of these comparables, right? And then they do a base calculated value, which brought the deal from $44 million or what it ultimately wound up, which the base calculated value initially was a five-year deal for $48.4 million at his current age and a linear linear regression uh, that they came up with with an average salary of about $9.7 million. And then they compare the statistical analysis to other safeties. And again, this is getting a little bit deep in the woods, but the four comparables that they used, Harrison Smith, Earl Thomas, when he signed his deal, Devin McCourty, Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. And then they compare that to Landon Collins, and that's how they come up with a median prime change and an average prime change, which then allows them to set the market value at, again, fourth, uh, five years and $43.3 million. Now, is Track correct? Uh, obviously, they think they're correct, and however their formula works um, – but we all know that you have to pay sometimes when you're not a great franchise or when you really want a player and when you are desperate. And I think the Redskins were completely desperate here. I think the Redskins were hungry for Landon Collins. I think they thought it would make their fan base happy. I think it thought it would sell a lot of jerseys. It was certainly a need. It would hurt the Giants in the division. Uh, he wanted to be a Redskin. It's a marketing thing. It's uh, it's a marketing and a football thing. So I think they were willing to way overpay for Landon Collins, at least based on the calculated market value. And I think any realistic snapshot that you can come up with, but he, just in terms of, again, the total value, but again, we don't know the actual numbers and how it lays out and how it gets structured for the first two or three years of the deal. That's something very much to keep in mind. We will have more numbers from Pro Football Focus and others on Landon Collins in episode number 190. This is not the only time we're going to obviously talk about this impact. When we come back, we will clean up what else happened around the NFL, including the Redskins losing a very important player who we all kind of expected to leave and a former Redskin wide receiver heading back home. That's next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We are back on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 189. So Landon Collins aboard with the Washington Redskins. Again, it's six-year, $84 million reported deal, $45 million guarantees. Again, not 100% uh, fully guaranteed on the $45 million. We'll have to, again, wait for the contract structure. Just cleaning up a couple of quick things. Jamison Crowder, Redskins slot receiver, punt returner, over the last four years is leaving for the New York Jets, a reported three-year Three-year, that is, $28.5 million contract, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. And why that's significant is because the Jets, A, they needed a ton of help at receiver. They had Quincy Inunua, uh, and they had uh, Robbie Anderson, I think, uh, uh, if memory serves me correct. But they needed help there, number one. Number two, Jamison Crowder goes to a spot with 
a team that had $115 million in salary cap room, so that's not an issue at all. That's a reasonable contract at about $9 million uh, per year. Also, and more importantly, for Jamison Crowder, and this is going to burn Redskins fans if he can stay healthy and if he can be what Jamison Crowder was basically as a receiver the first two years of his career instead of the last two years of his career, is think about him with Adam Gase. Remember, Adam Gase had Jarvis Landry with the Miami Dolphins up until last year and through the 2017 season. And in, in, in Jarvis Landry's last year with the Dolphins, primarily as a slot receiver, and they used him a little bit outside too, he had 112 catches. And there was another year, I think he had 94, 95 catches. And then there was another year it was like mid-90s as well. Jarvis Landry caught a ton of balls with Adam Gase in his offense, primarily working from the slot. That's where Jamison Crowder is going to primarily work from the slot for the New York Jets, 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 Jets. And at about $9 million per year, a little bit more, if he can stay healthy, I think this is a great, great move for Jamison Crowder and for the New York Jets. So uh, Jamison Crowder leaving the Redskins reportedly uh, won't become official until Wednesday, of course, when the new league year opens. But it looks like Jamison Crowder heading to the New York Jets. And wrapping up the podcast today, episode number one. 89, Deshaun Jackson, who we talked about on episode number 188. There was all sorts of rumors about Tampa Bay perhaps releasing him, trading him uh, to another team. And we mentioned Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles, which is where he started his career. And DJX is going home. The Eagles traded a couple of late-round picks to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looks like they might absorb the entire 10-ish million dollars of his base salary, which is a little surprising uh, to me. They have about 17 or 18 million dollars, according to OverTheCap.com left. Of course, part of that, not doing the Nick Foles uh, situation and franchise tag and all that. By the way, Nick Foles going to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, a four-year deal worth, uh, I believe, in the mid-80s, right around $85 million um, with about 50 $50 million fully guaranteed. But Deshaun Jackson leaving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after two somewhat disappointing years and going back home to join the Philadelphia Eagles, which, of course, means the Redskins will see him again twice in the upcoming year, at least the final year of his deal. And it pretty much signifies, as you would expect, that the Eagles are going to move on from Golden Tate, who they traded for at the trade deadline last year. Year. And that, of course, brings up the Redskins. Could the Redskins go after a guy like Golden Tate, who, again, much like Landry, can play inside, outside, tough leader, uh, all that kind of good stuff. The problem is he's about 30 years old, I believe it is. So if you have to give him a three- or four-year deal, uh, I'm less enthused about that. If we're talking about a two-year deal, somehow, some way, decent money, I think you can go that route. All right, that's going to do it for us, episode number 189. We're already over Try to provide you as much content as we possibly can. Hang with us. Episode number 190 ahead, a defensive free agent preview outside of the safety position, but there's still more to do there. Uh, and as well, some really good numbers on Landon Collins, the newest Redskins safety signing a massive six-year, $84 million deal. Thanks for being with us again. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Me, at WrestleMania621. Tell your smart speaker device when you get in your car to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Thanks, everybody. Episode number 189. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.